listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 64. And today we're talking about how you can create more profit in your business. So stay tuned. I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Monday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. If you are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome to our family here. And we're so excited and pleased to have you joining us. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back to you too. It's so great to have you joining us for another Monday episode. I have just come back to Sydney just before the weekend after being on the road for two weeks with my Amplify Tour. I started off at the beginning of my tour with it called Amplify Your Influence. And by the end of the tour, it was called Amplify Your Authority. So I'm looking forward to actually doing a podcast episode as to why I renamed the workshop and also why I decided to rename it halfway through a tour. Crazy, right? But I did it. That's what, that's me. Crazy. Always testing and measuring, tweaking. And, you know, that's what we need to be doing in business all the time to make sure that we get the best results possible. If I saw you on the tour in one of the cities, thank you so much for joining me. I had an absolute blast meeting you all, catching up with you all and meeting so many of you guys that I've been connected with for such a long time and haven't actually met in person. I had quite a lot of wine with a lot of people. I had an absolute great time and uh, I'm glad that I managed to get away on the weekend with my husband and have a bit of downtime, spend some time with him, do some sleeping in and a lot of relaxing, ready to refresh and reset and get back into it. Today, we're talking about money and we're talking about profit, things that every single business owner needs and a topic that a lot of people put their head in their sand about. They don't like to talk about it. So I was super excited to be connected with Deborah Whitby and really chat to her about what it is that she does and how she got to where she is now. So Deborah is a financial coach for women entrepreneurs and has been featured in national publications and was named a limit-breaking female founder by Thrive Global. She won the Women's Way Business Awards Rising Star after scaling her family's plumbing company to high multi-six figures within 15 months. I absolutely loved the conversation that I had with Deborah around the systems that she's used and around money management and the things that she's learned along the way so she can share them with us. So without further ado, let's welcome Deborah Whitby into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Deborah. I'm so excited to have you here joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me for the opportunity, the platform. 
we're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking about profit. We're going to be talking about how to pay yourself. We're going to be talking about all the, the nitty gritty and the implementation and the action items today. But before we jump in, I'd love you to share with our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do, how you actually, is, you've got a really great story about how you got to where you are uh, and share the kinds of people that you work with. Yeah, so I'm a, currently I'm a certified Profit First Professional uh, Financial Coach for established women business owners, and I work with them. They're struggling to keep their money, manage their money, keep more of what they make, profitability, take take an owner's pay and stuff like that. So I help them through those kind of financial foundations in their business. And so the way I, I do that through one-to-one coaching and stuff like that. But to your point about the story of where I got here, it's through the success and what I've learned through a plumbing company is what I own. I own a plumbing company. So my father is a plumber by trade and I was teaching high school actually and left that career to basically, I saw an opportunity there with what my dad had for himself and knew that if I could put a business model behind it and really focus my attention there, there was really a great opportunity there for a family legacy business and to make a lot of money, frankly. So that's what I did. I, I did that. And that was been just about three years ago. So now through, again, through what I've learned through that process and everything, I'm taking th- that. And now that I've leveraged my time and I have staff, I'm able now to kind of return to my first love of teaching and numbers. And so that's how I became a financial coach now. I love it. And I really, really like and love hearing stories of people that have created something and then are using that success to teach other people how it was that they created it and using their experiences. So it's fantastic. Now you are a certified professional. So for anyone that hasn't read Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First, I thoroughly recommend it. Obviously you do. Can, (laughs) Can you tell us for the people that haven't heard about or haven't read Profit First, what's the general gist of what he's talking about? So it's basically sales minus profit equals expenses. So we're basically taught, you know, sales and then you subtract all your expenses. And then then we look at what the profit is, right? That's the typical, the general accounting, what we've learned. But so the profit first is you look at your sales, then you take your profit and then whatever's left, that's what you use for your operating expenses. So it's basically forcing you essentially to pull your profit first and to protect. I always see it like I'm protecting the integrity of my profit. Uh (laughs) So any service that we provide in the plumbing industry, right? For example, obviously we mark it up. We have a profit margin, right? We're not Mm -hmm. cutting even. If I install a garbage disposal, I'm not breaking even, right? So whatever that profit is that I've determined, as soon as I get paid for that garbage disposal installation, I automatically pull the profit out. So if I charged 200 bucks, I didn't make 200 bucks. There's only going to be the 180 sitting in the bank account because I protected my profit over here in a separate account. Right. Yeah. So basically that's the premise and it's set up so that it's to reward and protect the owner. And in, in, in that way, it's through the profit and also through your owner's compensation and through your tax account so that you are able to reward yourself, take quarterly profit withdrawals from your profit for frankly, taking on the risk of being a business owner or (laughs) being in, you know, being intelligent and to do it, right? Like we're doing it. We're out here doing the thing. And so it's like, hey, let's, we should get rewarded for that. You know, we didn't sign up to run a charity. 
You yes. know, we're not running charities. So that's the gist of, of the profit first model. And it's the one premise that I always say is like profit is not an event. Sometimes like, oh, at the end of the year, oh, we were profitable. It's like, or we weren't or oh, that much. It's like this big surprise at the end of the year, right? When you're like, was I, was I, how much was I profitable? So it's profit is not an event. It says in the book, profit is a habit. So the profit first model is basically incorporating taking profit as a habit as opposed to the event. Oh, I love that. That is such a cool quote. Profit is not an event, it's a habit. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, before we jump into what that profit first model looks like, what about anyone that's in startup phase at the moment? Because I don't know anyone that's got profit (laughs) from day one, but maybe there are people out there. I don't know. But I certainly didn't. And I've had six or seven startups and I haven't managed Mm -hmm. it once. What can you Mm -hmm. tell us about the startup phase? And the types of things that we should be doing in that phase to set us up for profit first? So as any time that you're able to make a sell, whether it's the first hundred dollars, it's talking about your very first product that you launch or anything like that. Anytime that there is a revenue, someone bought the product, whatever it is, even if it's one for the entire year, the whole point is you, that's a sell. And so you force the profit. I hate to use the word force, but whatever that $100 is, you automatically pull your profit percentage from that. And it's as low as 5%. When you're making like anywhere from zero to 100 to 250, anywhere in that range, your profit percentage, generally speaking, should be 5%. So out of that little $100 that you made your first little sell, you did make a profit because you sh- if you priced it accordingly, right? If you did, if you knew how you got to that $100 price ticket, there sh- you should have incorporated a, a profit into that, right? So you pull out that 5% and you made that $5 profit on that $100 little sell. The only, like I have a tech startup um, client and they are taking, you know, seed money, angel yes. investing and stuff like that. Yes. So profit first does not apply to that, to that yes. type of, if you're getting seed money. But if you have a sell, however small it is, the point is, is you are profitable. So instead of saying, oh, we've had a startup, but we're not profitable yet. Well, you're not profitable because you haven't pulled out the profit. If you pull out your little 5%, well, you have a profit. And then you have $95 left to operate. So it forces you to run a more lean, or it just forces you to be aware of, frankly, what you're spending and streamline your operating expenses. And what I love about that is as business owners, we do have expenses every single, you know, even online businesses. I I have a bit of a giggle when people say, oh, but it doesn't cost you any money to start up. Well, yeah, it does, right? (laughs) And it just, I know you said you don't like the word force and I get that, but it does help us to focus that we need to have those sales to keep coming in to cover those costs. So I think that's really fantastic. Yeah. Now I know that you were talking last time we spoke around focusing on the wrong things to spend our money on and the startups that generally think about all the pretty things like the logos and the branding and the, those kinds of things. I know that you've got an opinion around where we should be spending our money on. I'd love you to share that because I think it's really valuable for people to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong, right? But there's a time. It's like people get into the, the logo, the brand creation, all the, the, the pretty stuff, frankly, the aesthetically pleasing things, the website and stuff like that. And I think that's for a certain phase in the business, right? Mm-hmm. So, and to say like in year one, for example, my strong opinion about that is like your job in year one 
or in your startup phase, whatever that phase looks like for you, your job is to make money and to make mm-hmm. sales. And minimally, what do you need? I, I have a client right now, they're like a seven figure business. And she, they, they did that with no website, with no business cards. And, and even me too, like I, I've even felt like, well, you need a website, you need something, you need some sort of like online presence. And yes, you do need yes. an online. But if you're really have conviction about what you're selling and you're passionate about what you're selling, people are buying you and they're buying the result that you're giving them. And they're ultimately not buying your pretty Instagram or your website or your logo, right? That stuff comes later. And that, and eventually you do do that, right? Once you get a freaking client, like once you get some money, then you can start talking about, you know, because you're going to have to send them a contract and you probably want some sort of a logo on it. Well, you know, there's way cheaper ways and better time. Your time is better spent in actually getting the freaking client to begin with. So yeah, I feel pretty strongly about that just because I've lived through that and I'm, I love all the pretty things, right? I easily get distracted. Like I know I was actually listening to one of your things and you said your highest value is like beauty, like pretty things, nice mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm. things. Yes. And and that's I'm the same way. So it's easy for people like us and just women in general to yes. want to have good looking things. And I've always, I've even said like, I like to execute with excellence. I don't want to put the wrong foot forward. You know, I want to make sure that my first impression, but it also can be something that like, paralyzes us right and delays us into doing what we want to do which is ultimately making the money right because oh we're just here to serve we're just here to give and I just love my craft and I just want to be like in over here in this land where I'm creating all the beautiful things but ultimately you can make more impact once you're making money you can have a nicer website once you're making the money. So yeah, so in that first year with the plumbing company, same thing. Yes, we needed a logo. I think we got like on Fiverr, you know, and had someone create a logo because we do need to put a logo on our trucks, Uh you know. But I always say like that first year was just like shaking things out. Like it was just get the bare minimum, the basics, the logo on the truck, the uniform little patch thing, whatever. And let's make some money, right? And so then you know, then we rebranded and we did a full thing like a year and a half, two years into it. So all that stuff comes to me, it's just a different phase in the business. Yeah. And I think the biggest takeaway for me in what you were saying there is that for those of us that do love pretty things, that Mm -hmm. if we wait and actually create profit first and make our business so it's bringing in the money, that we can actually have more beautiful things than if we get it the wrong way around. And I think that's a beautiful takeaway to say, you know, get some money coming in, we can have much better images, we can have a much better website, we can have much more beautiful logo, but just get going and anything can be fixed down the track. I've learned that over the years. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. All right. So can you take us through the step-by-step process with the profit first model? Are you able to take us through that to help our listeners to really understand how to implement this into their business? Yeah. So the first obstacle I think is that people like what you said is like, well, I'm not profitable. If I haven't been taking a profit, how can I even consider profit first. And again, it's to create that habit of, again, using the word forcing that the profit to happen, right? So it's about creating that habit. So once you get past that barrier that you're, okay, I'm ready for this. It's the basic principle not to get too, you know, confusing for people, but is is it five bank accounts? So you open five separate bank accounts. So typically our behavior is that we have one big checking account and probably a savings for our business. Um, And all the money is just bulked in there, any deposits we get. And then obviously any expenses are all coming out of there. And then depending, we check our bank account. So what I find, and I'll get back to those specific steps, but what I find is that when we hire, 
a CPA, an accountant or a bookkeeper, right? It's like, we're smart enough to know that we can't do our own taxes, right? We're smart enough to know that should be one of our early on hires, right? So we outsource that. Great. But then there's this, that's where the disconnect happens. Because all of a sudden we think someone else is taking care of our money and then we can get back doing our craft and stuff we're good at, the marketing, all this other fun stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Then when's the next time you think about your money? Well, when you need to buy something. So then what do you do? You look at the bank account. Well, let's see how much money we have in the account. And maybe you have a budget and maybe you're like, oh, well, there's payroll coming next week. Oh, let's not, let's not do that right now. Or let's wait till two weeks because I'm expecting this deposit. Then we'll make that purchase, Uh you know? And so it's like this behavior of just what's in my bank account in this moment to base on decisions. Or if you're working with the coach or someone like that, they'll say, well, let's create a budget. And you're going to say, oh, I guess I need to email my accountant about that. Or maybe I need to check in with my bookkeeper. So there's this large disconnect. And God forbid, you're like getting these these numbers at like the end of the month, right? The month's already passed. The money's gone. And like, oh, here's your numbers, you know? Sweet <laughs> like now. So, yeah, you're just like, this is so useless to me right now. So that's the point is profit first is set up in a way so that you can just log on to your, do your normal behavior, which is logging on to your bank account to see. But the difference is you'll have five separate accounts. Mm-hmm. So at any given moment, you can really see what you have for owner's pay. You can really see what you have for income, like how much deposits you have, and then how much you have for operating expenses and so on, mm-hmm. as opposed to it all being lumped in together. So the five basic accounts, and you could do like I when I started this, I did this like at night on my cell phone. I logged on to my bank thing and just added a new account, like create a new account. And then you change the little nickname. It's such a simple process. You don't have to go into your bank. Typically, I don't know about smaller credit. Union. So you have a tax account and that's for obviously for taxes that the, your employee taxes. And then if your business is paying for your personal taxes that you owe the IRS, it would come out of there. Yes. So your tax account and then you have your income account. So mm-hmm. any big deposits are getting directly into your income account mm-hmm. and then getting dispersed to your tax account, Got it. to your operating, your OPEX operating expenses account, and then your owner's compensation account. And that's to pay you. And then of course your profit account. So the, the basic five accounts. And I know it may sound like, okay, wait, you want me to have five separate bank accounts? Like this seems like I barely even balance one, right? Ah. I like you barely <laughs> keep up with one, right? Yeah. But that's, the point is it's already divvying up your money for you. You know, yes. once you're doing allocations, you're already divvying up the money so that you see how much you have, right? So that's the, that's the the premise of it is for you to have those separate accounts. And there's professionals or anyone that knows, I mean, the book definitely tell, even tells you the percentages that you should be allocated. Because then the next question is, how much do I put in the profit account? How much do I put for operating expenses? And there's like a basic, like fee for, again, for people that are in that first bracket of like zero to 250K, it's like 5% for profit, uh, 50% for owners. And then like operating expenses is 30%. Um, and then your taxes like 15. I, I know that's like a lot of just numbers being thrown out over the podcast, yeah, but <laughs> totally. And obviously for people that are in Australia, we've got GST um, and IRS mm-hmm. in Australia is ATO, but it's the same. Well, it's, still based it's, off a percent. it's per- yeah. That's why it's by percentage as opposed to dollar amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, and what I was going to say here, what I, what I would imagine would happen by divvying up these, the money or the income into five separate accounts, I'm guessing mm-hmm. that this creates a habit and very, very quickly you understand your numbers easier. You start to understand, oh, 
this amount goes here, this amount goes here, and you start to get a bigger understanding of the big picture of what's happening within the money and the numbers in your business. Yeah, you start to identify the the kind of the rhythms of your business. And then now when you're looking on your bank account, instead of seeing, you know, just a lump of 7,000 or 12,000 or 50,000, you're seeing a smaller chunk, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeing, oh, once I divvied up that, I made that one deposit of that client paid me 4,000 bucks. It wasn't for like, yay, we have $4,000 in our bank account. But no, automatically 50 would have gone out to pay you in that account. 5% would have went to profit. And really and truly, all that would have been left in your operating expense is 30% of 4,000. So like 1,200, 1,200 bucks would have really been left in your checking account. Yes. And so it's like, you don't have the 4,000 to do all these imaginary things with. Truly, you just have the the 1,200, you know? So it changes your, yeah, your behavior and, um, it's a more accurate picture is the bottom line. You're getting yeah. an accurate picture of what's really that what's really happening with that $4,000 or that deposit. Yeah. So Yeah, I can really mm-hmm. see that how beneficial that would be to understand what you've got to spend because I think I agree with you and I'm sure we've all been in the situation where you look and you see oh, I've got this much whether it's in the business or personally, but it's not the case either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. And, it, and, and, and what I love about it is in addition to the habits it's creating, it's great about it is it's you're, you're taking the profit because a lot of what a clients and, and people is that you, you're not taking, you're not getting paid. A lot of times people are not getting paid or they're not really paying themselves a livable wage, uh-huh. you know? And so a lot of my clients at the beginning will say, well, I'd love to pay myself what I could be making if I had a regular job in marketing yes. or in. And so it's like, but there's no actual plan to do that. It's yes. just kind of like, and that'll happen when there's enough, when, when we're making enough. Yes. Well, what is enough? And when is that point when you get one large deposit or so then it just goes on like that. And before you know, at the end of the year is here and you maybe took some big draws, paid yourself a few chunks here and there, but then another year has passed and you have another year that you haven't made a comparable salary to what you could be making in the marketplace. I can see this being not just beneficial for people that are already in their business and struggling to get control of their finances, Mm -hmm. but also making it easy for people who are in jobs to understand when it is that they can leave. Because there's a lot of people that are in their jobs saying, oh, you know, when I earn this much, I'll be able to leave. This makes it very easy to go. This is the exact amount that I've got that I can spend, which is comparable to my wage right now. And so it's very, very easy to go this finite point, we can leave because otherwise it's very wishy-washy. It's like, is it the right time? Is it not the right time? Yeah. So like one of my clients, her, one of her goals was, I want to pay myself 100000 which was in US dollars, which was comparable to what she could get paid. And so, and this is just like an arbitrary number. So then once we reversed it, it's kind of like with the profit first model and the percentages, you can kind of finagle them and you could say, oh, well, if, if I want to pay 100K, pay myself 100K, what does my business need to be making? And then you reverse because you're because you're only able to take 50% out for your pay. So, oh, so that means I need to make 200,000, you know, so then it's like this reverse engineering. And you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe 100K is not super realistic right now, considering we just made 70,000. Or, or, you know, that, that doesn't quite make sense the numbers. But you get what I'm saying. The point is, is that the model helps you finagle and kind of really get a true grasp for, for what, instead of just kind of pulling these numbers. Yeah, it you know. makes it a, a, an actual something finite or something that you can see rather than something that's wispy where you have no idea where you're heading. I right, love exactly. that. 
Can you share with us a story of a client that's come to you that really had no idea where they were financially, were really struggling and implemented this? And can you share with us the outcome of where they are now? Not in actual dollar figures, but how implementing the system helped change their business. So I've had them come in where they're just starting, right? There's very little history, financial history. But where I've seen the biggest is they're already established businesses. They have their whole, you know, history from last year, for example, 2018. And we plug in all. So professionals have like a a portal we plug the numbers into. And it basically tells you this is what you should have spent in in dollars and percentages. This is what you based on how much you made. This is what you should have paid yourself. This is what you should have had in profit. This is what you should have spent in operating expenses. So that I remember this one client in particular was like super eye opener because her operating expenses, she was overspending literally by like a hundred percent. So it was, she had spent like 320,000 that year in operating expenses when the profit first model said she should have only spent 150. Mm -hmm. So she had literally spent, so right out the gate, she was like, oh my God, I'm two times what I should be spending. I'm spending on operating. So it it immediately puts you, but when you're looking at it month to month with these highs and lows, you're kind of like, oh, we may have a little overspent this month or, oh, this was a better month. You know, we have more in the account. So I guess this was a better month. And that realization doesn't really hit home until you, you plug into these, some of these models like this. And so she was realizing that, but she also didn't know that she had grown by 104% like year, year over year. So from 2017 to 20. So this model like just made that so much more clear for her. And so she was celebrating that, that she didn't know how much growth she had, but it also shined the light on where. So immediately she went into action of, you know, okay, how can I streamline these expenses? You know, how can I essentially over a year's time take out $150 worth of expense? Mm -hmm. And so it makes you think about your business differently and say, okay, well, how, you know, back to your goals, what is the goal for your business, the vision for your business, all these other factors, right, that come in, we know all that stuff. And it, it enabled her to really say like, you know, this is not that important in our business. This isn't moving the needle for the business. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to having, you know, having a goal and then having metrics to track that goal. Right. And so once she saw that, it was like, okay, so basically she cut out all of these expenses and it's, a, it's over a time, yes. right? So it's not like you go from paying yourself 10% to the next month, paying yourself 50%. That's not super realistic. And yes. there's like a roll, what the profit first calls is a rollout plan. Uh-huh. So you start in increments. If ultimately you should be taking out 30 for operating expenses in the first quarter, let's try 10. In the second quarter, let's try 20% and work our way up to the 30%. So she was able to use the rollout plan to incrementally start adjusting and streamlining her expenses. And so now she's boasting like it's like 64% profit margins Wow! in her. And that's from like being severely like deficit, like a, a severe deficit in what she was spending. And she's always said like, we do well, like I'm never hurting to make payroll. Yes. I'm never like, she didn't ever really feel like she has a cash flow issue. Yes. You know, some months are harder and she has a very seasonal business. So some months are really great. And then she kind of weighs it out. She feels like she's decent with money. But to have seen it like that, it just like painted a clear picture. And now she's like legitimately making profit. And she knows what the profit is and 
and stuff like that. So I love that because we all say, and or we've all heard, you know, you need to know your numbers, but it's one thing to, to know that you need to know your numbers and it's a whole other thing to actually know your numbers. And I think that yeah. this is a great method to be able to really help you understand on such a, uh, a larger scale what's happening and drill down into the details. Now, I believe that you've got a free money map for the people that are listening that want to implement and get hold of or grasp what you've been talking about with us today. Can you share what that is? Yeah. So the money map is actually, um, it's slightly unrelated to Profit First, but it's more for you to figure out what your income is going to look like. So what a lot of people, their issue is not knowing their their cash flow, right? Like they're, what they're going to be bringing in. So basically what the money map does is it allows you to plug in the different products or services that you offer and at the different price points. Because one way for you to increase your profit is obviously to streamline expenses. But some, especially startups, are running pretty lean to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So the next thing is to increase your pricing, right? So looking at if your pricing model supports the growth and stuff like that, supports you to take a profit, you know, you got to know if your price, I said that at the beginning of your pricing, right? So the money map allows you to plug in your pricing model and see over the quarter, if you sell one package of, you know, SEO services or one coaching package or one product or whatever, it allows you to see kind of what your revenue would look like. Mm -hmm. And then you can plug that revenue into something like a profit first model and see realistically what your percentages would then look like, you know? And again, all that can be found in the um, www.debrawhitby, so which is D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Whitby, dot com, and then it's backslash money map. So debrawhitby.com backslash money map. And then of course, like I said, all of the, in the book, the Profit First book, those charts, those graphs are in there with the percentages. And of course, I'm sure on the Profit First website, there's tons of free resources too. Just to get you started, to get you, yeah, for sure. Of course, we'll we'll link that up in the show notes so that you can just hit the link and go straight to download that free money map. Debra, you've shared so much value in this episode, really actionable advice. What's the one thing that you really want to leave us with today? Yeah, I would just say that making money, well, clarity, I would say clarity breeds profitability. So once you can get clear, like to your point, people say you should know your numbers, but like, really, what does that mean? Like, what about my numbers do I need to know? I would say like, once you get clear and I wouldn't rehash, we know we need to have goals. We know we need to have metrics, all that stuff. That's stuff we already know. Once you get clear on that and then get clear on how you're taking money out, based on these buckets, then that breeds profitability. Then you'll start to see where you need to streamline. So um, yeah, I would just say that, like get really clear and just start, like start, like look, look and don't be afraid. Like that's the only antidote for fear is fact. So if you're fearful of looking into your numbers, fearful of even logging on to your bank account, you know, the only thing that's going to change that is once you get the facts and then you can act from an informed, empowered place once you know. Because once people, I've never had a client, they all start intimidated by the process, right? But I've never had a client that once they're in it, it's like, it becomes a game. It's like fun. You're just like, once you're in it, you're like, if I would have known this, and if I would have known, I could have cut cut that expense out a long time ago. And if I would have known, I would have raised my prices a long time ago. Right. And it becomes just like fun. And that's what we're meant to do, as especially as women. It's like, as business owners, we're meant to be profitable. That's why we're freaking yeah. here. But as women, we're, we can have more purposeful impact when we have 
money when we know what we're doing with the money and 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 stop saying I'm not the money person. Stop saying I'm not good with numbers. Oh, yes. Just, <laughs> just, you know, you'll become that. You know, I'm not good at a lot of things. I couldn't run one mile last year, but now I'm a marathon runner. So if I would have stuck with that mentality of I'm not this, you, you're automatically shutting yourself off to the possibility for you to really be empowered in that place. So say maybe I'm not great with numbers right now, but I'm going to look at, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to start. So just start. I know that was like a long takeaway. No, I loved it. And you know, I think that what you said, money does give us lots of things. And I think that the number one thing that money gives us is freedom. And we all want more freedom, whatever that means to us, whether it's the freedom to not have the stress of paying the bills and the freedom just to pay them and or the freedom to be at home with our children or the freedom to travel. It doesn't matter what it means to you, but money allows us to be able to do that. And you know, you shared in your case study that people can just get started and it can happen very quickly of getting in control. So you might not be in control now, but get started and uh, things will start to fall into place. Deborah, yeah, exactly. thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here in the Business Lab and thanks for sharing so much value with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community especially for thought leaders and experts just like you and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favourite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast Click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.